On today's show, we have Jorge Avila-Lobos, the founder of The Best Restoration, Gainesville Turnover Specialist, and Area Rug Masters. You guys, Jorge has been working in the restoration and cleaning industry for the last 20 years, but 15 years ago, he realized the potential that Gainesville had for his business with the presence of the university and thousands of students doing disasters in their apartments and their houses. And on today's episode, we got into the importance of details in business, persistency and consistency, preparing your mindset for business when there are a lot of external factors weighing on you, the biggest natural and man-made disasters that Jorge's had to deal with and creating boundaries and being there for your customers. Enjoy the show. You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa, whoa. I am your host, Colin Austin, and to my left is the one, the only, Michael Dees. What's going on? What's up, buddy? So, this release is on, what, September 28th? September 28th. So, today's Monday, which means we just got done beating Ole Miss. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) I mean... Predicting. There you go. Yeah. I mean, Lane Kiffin, when he coached Tennessee, that that was... uh, He tried to make it a rival. Remember, he said, like, um, we're going to be laughing all the way down Rocket Top when we beat the Gators. So, this is, is, you know, Lane Kiffin's back at Ole Miss now, so it'll be interesting. So, is that game home or away? See, I don't even know. It's in Oxford. Okay. At noon. Okay. Yeah, noon Eastern, I believe. Yeah. So, we, hopefully, so we just we beat won. them. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what have you watched? Have you watched any of the football? I so have far? not watched anything, but I heard. You know, I love seeing everybody kind of troll Florida State after they lost the uh, yeah uh, to Georgia Tech and all that sort of I stuff. That's say, the only thing I saw. Every, was the memes. Everyone has their opinions on the masks and everything. We won't go too far into that, but uh, FSU got absolutely roasted for their fans not wearing masks at the game. Were they like spread out? And no, stuff? not no. even a little bit. And and I'll say this: like I, I never want to be accused of defending Florida State, but like I th- somebody has to go first, and I'm not. Not so sure. Now, Gainesville, I hope you prove me wrong. I'm not so sure that if we went first, that we would have been like the best model of people wearing masks. So I don't know, but but they got they got. So is this your plea? Yes, please. Just you know, just think about the the TVs that are on us. Like make make Gainesville proud. Be be an example. Well, because we're number six now, baby. Right, we're number five now. Number five. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about like. Oh, you mean you're talking about sports ranking? Oh yeah, we're top ten everything. I'm talking like we just heard what today or yesterday. Came out today already. Yeah, which is because for everybody who's listening, we're recording on September 14th. So, but the University of Florida, baby, we're number six now. Seems like every year we record this, we get. One better. Yeah, that's right. I it probably has a lot to so, do with us. So in twenty twenty yeah, twenty twenty six, we're the number one public university in the, the yeah, country. There you go. Yeah. Well we'll we'll soon find out, right? <laughs> <laughs> well you guys, before we get into the show, I just want to remind everybody that we did a really cool collaboration with Caroline Sinisky where she and like we we basically made these these shirts. Like she designed them, right? These Gainesville, Florida t shirts. She did the design and uh and of course like we worked it out where like we like we paid for the tea shop helped out we had the tea shop a local Gainesville business who helped us make them I mean it, it was awesome and but you know half the proceeds go to Caroline half the proceeds go to supporting and funding this podcast so you guys can get these shirts at whoagnv.com and click the word shop and it takes you to our shop you can get these shirts too yeah. we got we got this podcast also shirt, done that by the podcast. yeah also yep absolutely so uh so anyway be sure to get your shirt we only printed 150 of these limited edition they will not last they will sell out and 
we're not gonna reprint them when they do. So, but we might do like a, it'd be cool to do like a design every once in a while, yeah. like a fresh design. But anyway, that's our love for Gainesville, Florida right there, baby. So get your shirts. Buy them up. And uh, you guys, I'm so excited about this show. I don't think I'm we're like, gonna have to worry about the energy today. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about that, yeah. You know, it's funny because we did these coronavirus sessions, right? And when all that stuff was going down, we were like talking to so many business owners and business professionals, little half hour sessions. We tried our best to keep them to a half hour. So hard, we really get into this, right? Um, but man, one just like really stood out to me. And I was like, man, like I really, I really want to get this guy back in the studio because I really want to dive deeper into the story. Sure, we can talk about coronavirus and all that kind of stuff in a coronavirus session, but I want to hear his story. And so today on the show, we have Jorge Villa. How do you say your last name? Villa Lobos. I can't. You Dude. can say Villa Lobos. Villa. Villa. Villa Lobos. But do you do the Villa? No. Or is Villa Lobos? Villa Lobos. Native from Colombia and second born to Gainesville, Florida. He is the founder, owner, and leader of the best restoration, Gainesville turnover specialist, and area rug masters. To me, he's Jorge. Like, I always call him Jorge. He's my man, Jorge. So, Jorge, welcome to the show, man. Mm, excited to be here again. You, I, get, I get really nervous, especially when I see Mike, but now I'm, I get a little bit <laughs> more relaxed. It's that pressure that Mike brings. It I don't know pressure, what it is. Right? so intimidating. Possible his glasses. I don't know, but. Right, I gotta change it up, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Jorge, man, we really like to just dive into the story. We want, you know, we didn't get the chance to do that last time. So really take us back. I want to, I want to hear all of it, man. What, what got you to Gainesville, why you're doing what you're doing, and then we'll dive into all sorts of business stuff. I know. Okay. That's crazy. Uh, where do you want me to start? Because this story is long and I think I only have like an hour here. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm originally from Colombia and uh, I left our, my country in 1999 for security issues. I used to work with my government. Uh, we have seriously uh, threats for our lives and, and we have to move to uh, to United States in March of 2000, excuse me, 1999. Uh, our daughter, that today is 27, she was five years old and our son that is 21, he has only five years old. Then uh, we moved to Fort Lauderdale area. We didn't know anybody. Uh, and, uh, you know, the first thing is that we're going to try to learn English. My wife, uh, at this time, well, she was a physician, then a lot of her school was in English, but for me it was kind of tough because my English was extremely poor. Then uh, uh, I started to go to a small university to learn English, but at the same time I get my first job in the state that was to be a driver. I used to drive people to the airports and uh, to drive people to the medical centers. Uh, I, I have even a customer that I have to pick it up every Friday, every Saturday, 7 o'clock, to take it to dance, and I pick him up at 11.30 to bring it back. Then. Uh, was a nice job because uh, I learned a lot of English. I, I start to learn a lot of the culture. I talk a lot with my customers. Uh, my boss was really excited because the customers start to say, hey, send me the guy who doesn't speak any English because I want to teach him. Then it was really cool for me. Uh, then uh, one day, somebody invited me to work in the carpet cleaning business. I didn't know even that the people clean carpets. I never see nobody cleaning carpets. Then... Uh, I went to this interview and I was working for a bait and switch carpet cleaning company. They hired me in the marketing department doing all the customer service and they hired me because I didn't speak English. 
Then when the customers call really upset to complain about it, I didn't understand what they say, and they and, and they didn't understand what I said either. That means that was a crazy thing. Uh, I was there for two years. The company went out of business, obviously, because they didn't know how to run a business. And then I moved to another restoration company. I was there for two years, but I was on the field. Then I started to clean carpets. I started to do carpet repairs and remove red stains, do a small water damage. And uh, I learned a lot, but Fort Lauderdale wasn't the place for us. Uh, our kid, our daughter was ready to go to the middle school, and I hear terrible things about the middle school in this area. I used to live in Sunrise, uh, Broward County, and the, the area was really bad. And also, I was looking for my wife, being a physician, at least that she can come back to their field. Our commitment was like at least one or both can be can do whatever we were doing. I was a banker. I decided I don't want to come back there, but we want to go to a place that she can start to to be close to her career. And um, we moved to to Gainesville uh, again. I found a small sign in the Gainesville zone that say I'm looking for a carpet cleaning guy. Then uh, I called this person. And uh, I meet him in a pizza, in a donut place that is right there in 51st and 39. I sit with him and he hired me this day. Uh, I only have one truck, one machine, and a lot of dreams. Uh, then I moved with my family and my wife went to, uh, you know, I'm gonna tell you this because it was funny. Well, real, real quick, what year yes. was that? That was in 2004. Okay. Then, uh, I came this day, I drove to uh, to the donut place, the guy told me, I hire you. Then I drove to uh, Hidden Oak, I put my son in the school. I went to uh, Fort Clark, I put my daughter in the school. I went across the street, uh, Legacy Apartments, I get an apartment, and I went to the other side of, of Legacy Apartments that is a care center, and I found a job for my wife. This took me six hours. Then I came back to Fort Lauderdale. I tell to my wife, I have a job, you have a job, the kids are in the school, and I think everything is gonna be okay. And we left Fort Lauderdale, was tough, but you know, we moved. Our kids, they say, now we have to start again in the school, and ah, that's gonna be tough. Was it like overnight? Like how quick was that move? We did it like in three weeks, took okay. us like three weeks. And uh, you, you know, I started to go, uh, I, I, I went to, to uh, my first job and I started to clean carpets, but I never, never. And uh, believe me, I'm a little, I'm, 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 I'm a really, I do a lot of investigation, I do research. I never expect that I'm gonna have this size of city with all these students' apartments that they're gonna give me all the work that we have right now. I never expect that. If I'm gonna blame somebody for this, I'm gonna say, God put me here, nobody else, because we. I just wanna look for my wife to come back to the school. I never expect that this is gonna happen. Uh, but in 2004, I came here, and uh, what we, the new kids on the block, I always remember that the second day that I was here, I went to Best Buy, and uh, I saw a guy with a shirt, with a carpet cleaning logo. And I came to him really friendly and I told him, hey, how you doing? My name is Jorge and uh, I just moved here and I'm a carpet cleaner. And the guy told me, if I was you, I'm gonna take my truck and I'm gonna come back to Fort Lauderdale. We have more than 35 carpet cleaning companies here. 
We don't need one more. Wow, that's wow. Oh, this is just some random person. Yes, random Welcome person. Welcome to Gainesville. <laughs> Welcome to Gainesville. I'm gonna tell you the funny story. Is that 18 years after? No, excuse me. Possible 15 years after this conversation, I was doing a conference talking about setting goals by Sig Ziglar, and I was doing a big class uh, and. I finished my class, everything was nice, and I took, I say this story about, don't let other people to tell you that you can't. You hear it all the time, and you are like, oh, I don't wanna do it, somebody told me that it's a good, bad idea. And you know what, if you have it in your mind and you have it in your heart, go ahead and do it. Then, I was telling this, and then a guy came to me and he say, I just wanna congratulate you for your success. And I say, why you tell me that? because the guy who told you this in Best Buy 15 years ago is my father, and he's not a nice guy. Look how life it is. Dang. Boom. Then, you know, I, I came here 2004, I, I, they, they, they start to give me, you know, I used to clean one carpet here, one carpet there, one carpet in the other side. No, they, I went to the first place and they gave me 20 keys. And they, tell me, they told me, good luck, good luck. I'm pretty sure that you're gonna do it. I was like, I have to clean all this today? Oh yeah. Then, you know, I start to clean carpets like crazy, like crazy, that was amazing. And you know, I didn't know what was helper because I didn't know anybody, then I was by myself all the time. But you know what, I learned a lot of things. I passed the first turn. I was working for the same guy. And then what happened? Katrina hit in New Orleans area. Then, you know, before I died, I, I worked in Cocoa Beach for a possible six months, I went to Katrina, I went to Beaumont, Texas, I did a lot of work out of town. But at the same time, my wife was doing the university and my kids, my daughter at this time was kind of 11, she was taking care of my son and cooking for my son and a lot of things and then I say, I don't wanna leave town anymore, I wanna be here. I talked with my boss at this time, I told him, hey look, you was the person who introduced me with these apartments. You wanna continue doing this? He said, mm -mm, no, I only wanna do water damage. I did a lot of money, I don't need them. Okay. And then I start to knock doors. Hey, how you doing? I'm George, I'm only one guy. You can give me work, and the people tell me, ah, you know, we have a carpet cleaning already. I went to the second, the third. Then people start to give me work, and then was when alcohol start to help me. And it's because, not because I start to drink. <laughs> I'm like, it's because every place that I went and I knocked the door and I tell them, look, this is who I am, blah, blah, blah. They told me I have my guy here that is working here for 10 years and uh, I don't need you. And I say, please keep my business card. You never know, one day this guy don't show up and you're gonna need help. And what happened? A week after I get this call at 1 a.m. in the morning, I answer the phone and they tell me, hey, can you help me? I had a big water damage. Of course, I'm on my way. And I start to ask the people, hey, what happened with your guide of 10 years and he's really good? He was drunk. Mm. One week after, another guy, he didn't show up. Was he drunk too? He was drunk. <laughs> he was drunk, he was drunk. I start to realize that people used to have fun and used to drink and they didn't take care of their customers. Then I say, boom, I don't drink, this is my place. Then I start to do this and I start to talk with people and they, I start to realize that I can do a really good job. 
and people start to just call me more often, more often, and you know, we went to the first truck, the second truck, and the third truck, and today we have like 25 vehicles, and every busy, 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 busy. Well, so you were doing this, you know, setting up this part of this business while working for this other guy because he didn't want to do that part. No, because at the when we when he decided that he doesn't want to do this work anymore. Uh, I decided to open my own business. Okay, and what I year said, was that? 2006, January okay, so 2006. so a couple years after. Yes, and you know, 15 years after, I'm here. By the way, uh, I always say that, you know, I always wanna be somebody who can work with another person and helping to build things. I never expect to have my own business. Uh, but when I when I decide to be here and I start to knock doors, I found this restoration company in town that they told me, uh, you if you want to work for me, you have to go to open your business because you can be a subcontractor, but I don't gonna hire you directly. I was like, oh, you know, I don't know. I used to, you know, I'm the new guy here. I don't know if I want to open a business. Open a business is serious. This is a big topic. But this guy tell me, if you open your business, I'm gonna give you work tomorrow. Then took me 25 minutes to <laughs> create the name of my business, create the mission of my business, create of all these things, and go to the accounting, and she opened the business for me. I, come back, I came back the next day, and I start to work. Funny thing is that I work with this restoration business uh, for two years. I, uh, my work was there, possible 85% of my income depend of this restoration company. And uh, one day they call me and they say, George, uh, I'm sorry, but we don't gonna give you more work. And I start to ask them what happened, I did something wrong, I overcharged somebody, uh, one of your customers complained. He said, I don't have any complaint about you, but you are growing too much and I'm really nervous. Mm. I don't wanna mention this company, but this company is not even around the area anymore. Because, you know, you are expecting that somebody gonna do this, is because you already did it to somebody else. I'm not this kind of person, and I'm so excited that I follow their advices, but at the end, you know, I build my old thing, and uh, I'm happy to have it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it sounds to me, your story makes me think of Mickey Zinger's uh, book, which is like the surrender experiment, which is just like very much like giving it to the universe and letting the pieces fall into place. Cause I mean, it sounds, sounds like, hey, like if you open a business, you're gonna have, a, you're gonna have work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so you like pull the trigger based on that. I mean, and even coming to, to Gainesville, you're telling the wife like, you got a job, kids are in school. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like thinking to myself, like you, to me, it just has have this ability to like really adapt well to whatever's happening right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, is that a character, is that a trait that you've just always had throughout the, your entire life? Or do you think that's, I mean, that, did that come from some sort of training? Or like, where, where does that come from? And, I, I and am I even describing that correctly? Yes, I mean, absolutely. It's just a perception, but. I'm gonna tell you is, um, since I was young, I was really leading a lot of process all the time. I built my soccer team. 
uh, I, I built my group of friends. I, I, everything was around, hey, you know, come on, we're going to do this together. And, you know, when I left my country, most of my friends, they were saying, and what are we going to do now? You're not here anymore. Who's going to put the parties? Who's going to do the trips? Who's going to do everything, you know? I say, yeah, but, you know, I'm leaving and you're going to be here. No, this is hard. I'm going to tell you when I noticed that, that was funny, is that I used to work in the banking industry, like I told you. And one day I have a really great opportunity to work for uh, directly for the uh, treasure department in our country. And uh, I went to do my interview, and um, they, I did two days, two days of exam and tests and everything. And, you know, I, I'm studying finances. Then I was like, you know, I come here to provide my numbers and my knowledge and everything. And... They called me a few weeks after, and they told me, we're going to hire you. And I say, oh, that's great. And, and then what are you going to do? Where are you going to be in the macroeconomic department? What, what are you going to do? And they told me, you're going to be in the organization and methods department. This is your profile. And I didn't believe. I say, what? I, I, I don't know what are you talking about. But now, 30 years after, I do the whole operation in my company, and this is when I realize why this is what is the higher skill that I have, is to have everything so organized, have the memory to remember every single customer, every single thing. I remember you a long time ago that we have a meeting and you say, my goal for the next year is to remember the name and to all my customers. I was like, man, you have to be crazy. This is too much. But I tell you, if one of my guys called me and say, hey, you remembered we did this flood three weeks ago. And by the way, we do, we do between five and six water damage every day. That means that for me, it's hard to remember. But you know what? I'm going to tell you because we have these meetings every single day in my office. I'm going to remember the customer. I want to remember the details. What exactly happened in their house? What was the room that was affected? How much equipment we left there? Was, who was my technician there? Then what happened is that when somebody called, I have all this information. Then this has more value than anything. Yeah. Then this is, this is what I find out uh, right now, you know, and after years of... I didn't care too much in the university about it, but after I start to work, I realized that I can put a lot of things together, and this is what I love to do, you know. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you even remember me saying that about the customers. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I, that used to be something, it's gotten much more difficult over the years, that, you know, obviously as you get more and more and more customers, mm-hmm. but man, those first couple of years, I remember every single customer and what scooter they bought. Yeah. I used to like, I used to really freak some customers out too, man. That's <laughs> you, crazy. You can really scare some people of like, oh yeah, I know who you are. Uh, and but, like, but, and but then you, dropping their name and the scooter that they bought. But. Especially that you, you don't, you can imagine how you can impact people with just small details. Right. For me, the, I, I say to my guys every day, this is not the big picture of everything that we can do in the drying world or in the cleaning world or in, it's the details. It's the small detail that we have with this customer. It's the small detail that we uh, we uh, share the information that the customer just talk about really well about the guys who went there to do the job. All these small things is the ones that, for me, build a business in a better way instead of the big things. You know, I really believe that it's good to have big things and do big things. This is great. 
But for me, I stayed in the small details. Hey, remember to call this customer to, to ask him how is his daughter because when we went there, she was really sick. A small details. We sent a, a small car for all our customers the next day after we do a service. You can imagine how you impact people. Possible you think, ah, why are you gonna do this? It's a waste of time. Why are you gonna hire somebody just to do this? But you know what? When I'm in a meeting and people, people that don't even know, they say, hey, you cleaned your, my carpet, so you did this job, and I remember this beautiful letter that you sent, sent, sent tell me thank you for choosing your company to do the job, and I really appreciate it. I'm never gonna forget that. Then it's, again, I love is and, and my life is based in small details. This yeah. is what I see. I mean, that's, and that stuff, like you said, is so impactful. You don't really realize how impactful it is, like, at the time, right? To, to the team member who's writing the thank you card, it's just like writing a thank you card, mm-hmm. right? And then I see the thank you card get, you know, posted on an Instagram story mm-hmm. where they tag NSRL and I'm like, oh, like, that's really cool. Like, they really like the appreciation. We always included like a little Polaroid when they, mm-hmm. of them and their scooter, you know, with the team, like inside of the card and like, you know, with the, of course, with COVID, we haven't been doing a lot of like group pictures mm-hmm. or anything, but uh, but we've still been selling, sending out uh, a thank you card. And you know, for one of the one of the things that have been coined by New Scooters for Less is the UCE. We always said the ultimate customer experience, right? That was mm-hmm. a part of that. Um, what's interesting to me, <clears throat> you know, your business has continued to grow, right? Mm-hmm. And what I find is that with m- most businesses, they fail at scaling that, mm-hmm. right? Because you go from having, you go from writing 100 thank you cards, yes. <laughs> right? To 500, mm-hmm. to 1,000. And they're like, oh, and you know, and what happens is everybody's like, oh, like I don't have time for that. Like I, I couldn't keep up, right? And I always say, well, what if you could, mm-hmm. right? Like what if you could create the process to continue to scale those little details, those little thank you notes, you know? you're gonna continue to just exponentially grow your business. Absolutely. Right? I think, I think one of the bigger problems that the company has, and, and, and one of my mentors, that is Howard Patrick, he wrote a book about it, that is failure to implement. And you have a lot of things in your mind and you start to do it, but you don't have the consistency to do it. And then this is what the people see. Or you start to call the customers, but you only call them for three months and you never call them back. Or people who know, you know how many times I hear that people say, oh, I I put all this money in advertising for the six months, but I never get customers. Then I'm gonna shut it down. This is not how marketing work. Then if you are consistent and you say, I'm gonna do it for a year and a half or two years, if definitely this doesn't work, I have to use a different way to try to to, to cap, capture these customers. But definitely the idea is, and this is I insist too much, is that don't do things just for one time because people don't gonna appreciate that. Persistency and consistency. Six Siglers used to say this phrase all the time. Persistency and consistency. And if you have this combination of words and you do it every day and everything that you do, by, by the way, I wanna tell you something, it's a little bit sad, but I lost my dad a month ago. I'm sorry. Yesterday was was his birthday, 93 years old. Oh, wow. 
My father has Alzheimer for the last five years. My mother, that is 87, had had Alzheimer. She's still alive for eight or nine years. I call my parents every night, even if they don't know who I am. But I always talk with my dad. I used to talk with my dad and my dad. I say, hey, dad, how you doing? How was your day? And tell me about it. What are you doing? You are watching TV. And I hear like, "Uh uh-huh. He doesn't know even who I am, nothing about it. But sometimes he say things like, caramba. He's not talking with me. Possible he's watching TV and something happened. But I hear this caramba, and this caramba going to be here in my mind for the rest of my life. With my mom, uh, you know, now that my dad passed was a little bit hard for her, even if she had Alzheimer. The way that uh, the people with Alzheimer, uh, they, they leave the situation is completely different. She starts to don't talk too much. She has a really nice sense of humor, and she has a lot of energy. I get a lot of these things from my mom. She wasn't saying things like funny for a while, and she wasn't talking too much. But you know what? Yesterday or the day before, I was driving, and I was talking with her, and she started to tell me funny things. And I say, possible she's going to the process to feel better. That mean that, but if I don't do this every day, and if I don't start to be this like an avid, the day that they're not here, then I'm gonna regret a lot for don't doing it. And this is not a business, this is your family, but it's exactly the same with your business. If you don't do it regularly and you don't get it like a good habit, the day that something happened, you're gonna say, why I didn't do it? Why I forgot to do this, it was so, so impactful for our customers then. This is how I see it, you know? Yeah, so. I'm, I'm I'm really serious today. No, nah, man, something I, is it's happening good, though. Here. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm gonna use that as an opportunity to uh, talk about something that I really wanted to ask you about because, um, you know, you have all that going on, right? We have we we have all these things weighing on us. You know, like your customers don't know any of that, mm-hmm. right? And so we carry that weight with us. A lot of the times, and we're coming coming into the shop, or you know, going into work every day. Like, how how do you like really prepare your mindset for the business day when you have all of that like weighing on you? Okay, I'm gonna tell you something that I, I do. I do an exercise every single morning uh, that uh, I learned from Bob Udini. Uh, and he wrote a nice book. I'm gonna recommend it, the, bu- the book. The name is Two Chairs. And Two Chairs, what, what, he, what he said in the, in the book was something that he learned from his mom. That he was saying one day when he was a teenager, he said, Mom, I, uh, you know, I just wanna find a way and the space to sit and talk with God and, and tell him about what happened and tell him about what I need and tell him about thank you for things like like I wanna be grateful. And then she told him that the best way to do it is to put two chairs in a place in your house. Uh, you can find the place. And then you go every single morning. First, you spend the first few minutes just being grateful 
saying thanks for everything that happened with your family, everything that happened with your business, everything that happened with your community. Uh, and, and you try to remember how grateful you are, the place that we live, and the hell that we have. And then you uh, ask them for the people who is having a really rough time. Then uh, I ask, especially during these days, I ask for the people who doesn't have a job and that, that he's ha- they having a rough time because it's not a it's not a job now the unemployment is going down uh then you know what's gonna happen with then a lot of people especially i i support tremendously the restaurants industry then i feel so bad for a lot of the employees and obviously the owners uh and then after that you ask for something then the great thing is that a lot of the time i don't have to i don't have time and i don't have a lot of things to ask because my grateful time and my uh, comments with him cover most of my time for praying in the morning. Then as soon as I finish this, my energy is full. I don't drink coffee. I'm the only Colombian who doesn't drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, as, soon as, as soon as I leave my office, uh, as soon as I leave my house in the morning, you know, my wife, she does research in UF, then work with cancer. Uh, then... Uh, she, she is going to the hospital, I'm going to my work, and I'm absolutely ready. Uh, first time in the morning, 8 o'clock, I have all the people from GTS and the Best Restoration sitting together, and we have a meeting for 30 minutes every single day. I want to know what happened, and I want to tell them happy birthday. I'm going to tell them about the good day that they have. I'm going to tell them is I receive a customer call saying something that we have to improve, uh, but only positive things. And then, believe me, at 8.30, quarter to 9, that I say bye to everybody. Uh, by the way, I have a special hugs and kiss with one of the employees because he's my son. Then I'm, I'm sure that before he leaves and he, st- he takes his truck, I give him a big hug and a kiss. Uh, and uh, after that, 9 o'clock, sometimes I don't have too much to do because I have a nice team. Most of them, they... They know what to do. Then sometimes I get bored, but I find always something to do. That's mean that my mornings, you, you don't going to see me. Even when my father passed, believe me, I took a day off because it was, was tough for me. But my father, he worked 35 years for Nestle, the same company. He went from the bottom to the top. And uh, when when... This is what I learned from him. And I was praying and I was thinking that uh, I'm sorry that this happened. And I'm here him saying, what are you doing here? You have to go to work. This is what I want you to do. The next day I was in the office and I was ready. And, uh, you know, I miss him a lot. But this is what gave me the energy to continue doing it, you know. Yeah. Dang. I'm sorry, Mike. No, it's all right. It's all right, it's good. I love the stories. Now, so I, I kind of wanted to, if, if we're, we're pausing for me to kind of chime in here now, I wanted to get into some of the, I like the stories. Like you talked about um, the, some of the natural disasters and stuff, I'm sure you do a lot. You mentioned Katrina, but like, what's like the most memorable man-made disasters you've seen? Like do, doing turns for college students and stuff. Like mm-hmm. what, what have you like come on and seen that's just absolutely like horrific, memorable? Well, I'm going to tell you the one of the big disasters that for me was one of the hardest experience in life is when I drove inside of New Orleans in the area that was affected by the hurricane, the worst one. 
I call my wife. You only, if you are a contractor, you can go inside. The rest of the entrances, everything is a, is a military gate. You cannot go inside. But if you are a contractor, you can go inside. And we start to drive, uh, and you don't see anybody. Look mm-hmm. like, a, like a horrible movie. And not only this, is that we went in front of a, a police station, and I remember to see like a SUV and 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 one of the regular cars, possible a Dodge Charger or whatever, upside down, full of holes by created by shot got gunshots. Then possible somebody went and shoot all the cars. But you see everything in black and white, no color at all because you don't see people you don't see anybody it's, it's a street that you can drive for three minutes that you don't see anybody that was terrible I call my wife and I start to cry because I never expect that I'm going to see something like this it was tremendous but uh, I tell you here because this is this is uh, astro, uh, this is really funny uh, we were in a nice apartment complex, one of the, I'm gonna say, the top ones in town. And these, these uh, kids, they have a, a nice party in the second floor of this apartment complex. And the party was really good. Uh, but one of the guys who was in the party decided to take uh, his uh, girlfriend to the bathroom. Uh, and I think he tried to put his girlfriend over the sink. Then when he did this, a pie burst oh, and God. flooded the whole clubhouse. Oh, I tell yes. you, the whole f- clubhouse. Then I was there. They called me like 45 minutes after that. When I show up, still you see water coming from the whole top. And that was horrible. Horrible. I never see too many water in an apartment complex. But at 6.30 in the morning, the police show up. And the police show up, and the police start to talk around the people who were there, maintenance people and managers. And they and he said, uh, "We have a video of who did this." <laughs> then, thirty minutes after, you see this guy with this handcover show up and say, "Was me." And after he show up, and after his dad signed a check for twenty-seven thousand dollars. Then I think was the more expensive party for this human being guy. Oh my! Then I always gonna remember this because everything starts in a really nice moment of truth, and at the end, I don't think that is a positive moment of truth when your dad has to put a check of twenty-seven thousand dollars. But this is my memories, and I can tell you, I'm in the process to write a book. My wife wrote her book. I took my wife to a place that they gonna help me to write my book, but I did it with the purpose to her, to drive her, to write her book. And funny is that when we did the presentation, my wife Susie, she said, I just came with George because I think he wanna write a book, but I came to the beach. When we left this place two days after, she signed it. Four months after, she wrote her book about her journey 
for the breast cancer survivors. Then uh, that she give it for free to all the patients that has the same issue. And uh, it's a nice, uh, you have to see the introduction because I wrote it, it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, this is how life it is. Then this is how everything works for us. Everything is fun and everything is positive. And I don't think, I, I don't wanna tell you that I don't have rough times, of course that I have. But uh, I'm pro- I'm, I try to hide and really good. Um, I want to I want to ask you about boundaries a little bit because I think in a 2020 world this is a place where you know we're you know I don't know when you look back at business a long time ago you didn't you didn't you didn't take your work home with you (laughs) you know customers couldn't message you on your on your cell phones and you know that kind of thing it was like you had a work phone and they'd contact you during business hours and that kind of thing and one of the things that really stood out to me uh, about you and I know this this goes into those details this goes into the root of you know those people who you said hey hold on to my card and when that person doesn't show up call me, mm-hmm. right? It goes all the way back to the beginning, right? And that was 2004, and so here we are, 2020, and I know that you're still a 24-7 kind of guy, right? Like, yes. if I call you in the middle of the night and I got an emergency, like, you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna be there. Um, is, has that been difficult to maintain? Is it difficult to have some sort of personal life outside of work? Um, because I, I'm very much the same way. I mean, we had a upset customer messaging over the weekend via Facebook Messenger, and here I am, you know, messaging back. And I was in, but I was actually driving at the time. And then Mike, you know, Mike takes over the conversation. He because he texts me about it, and he realized because the do text, not disturb yeah, the on. do not disturb popped up, and so he realized that I was driving, and so he took care of the rest of it. And here we are between the two of us, you know, answering this, and and sometimes I'm just like. I don't want to do that. <laughs> like I know it's the I know it's the right thing to do, and I know like uh, you know I, uh, I. Let me clarify. Like I want to do that because I'm a customer service oriented business owner, mm-hmm. right? And I want to take care of my customers. But the personal side of me, who is with my family, you know, doing family things on a Sunday, doesn't want to do that. So where do you draw that line, or is there a line? Uh. It's a line when uh, I go for vacation and I transfer my phone to my office every three or four times a year that I go for a week to some place, then I transfer my phone. Other than this, I don't. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, my son start to be on call. He wanna start to have this experience and last Wednesday was his first day on call. And he did with his friend seven water extractions between six o'clock and eleven thirty and eleven thirty at night. I answer every single call. I'm gonna tell you what is important and why this is this is for me extremely extremely uh, important. Again, I'm sorry, but is that I have this contact with this service manager, these customers, when they are calling and they say, my house is flooded, I need your help, can you send me somebody, I feel so good that I can be this person that I can call them. And I can start to explain that what is the process, and I can start to tell them what has to be done, and I can tell them how long gonna take before one of my techs is gonna be there. 
Uh, you know how many times I get work because the customers say, I call this company and this company and they tell me that they only gonna come to my house if I give them a payment of $2,000 in a credit card. I don't do this. Let me send my technicians. They're gonna give you a price there. And if you agree, we do the job. If you don't, we're just gonna go home and we're gonna come back to sleep. Not a big deal. I never lose one of these jobs, never, when we have this communication. Now it's hard, don't get me wrong, it's hard. I'm gonna say was hard before when my kids, they were possible in your age kids. Mm-hmm. Because it's a, it's a party and everybody's cutting the cake and my phone rings. Ah, then your, your kids are like that, but you know, we are doing, give me one second, I have to get this call. Now my son is 21, my daughter is 27. I just don't care at all. I just pick up the phone, I talk with everybody. They grew up with me knowing that the priority for me is this. This is the part of the service that I do. I don't do more, you know, during the turn, I always promise every year I say, I don't gonna clean carpet this year. Every year I say, I don't gonna get clean carpet this year. And you know, in the middle of the turn, I'm cleaning <laughs> eight hallways in the standard. I, I, you know, because I get the job that everybody hate because it's the hardest one. And I come with Todd, you know Todd. Yep. I come with Todd, I'm 54, he's 52, the older ones, and we go to the standard and we clean all these hallways the whole day and everything. But you know what, again, when, I, when I'm doing this, uh, I realize that I wanna be part of my company and I don't wanna leave this part. And you can imagine when I'm working and the other guys come to help us and they f- see the boss in the middle of the crazy of turn doing the same that him than them is 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 one of the more precious thing because they give you the value of what is being engaged and this is what I do uh, if you you know uh, today by the way one of my guys is really tired of being on call because he's doing on call for the last five years and then what I offer him hey you know what I'm gonna start to get a couple days for you because you need a break today and tomorrow I'm on call and if somebody call at 1 a.m. in the morning, I have a truck in front of my house, I'm gonna go to do the instructions. Then I leave other people rest because I sleep good and I have the chance to don't do it, why not? And, and also I learn a lot because when I go outside, sometimes I hear from the maintenance people, oh, your guy, the other tell me that it's gonna take 30 minutes but took like an hour. Oh, the other day I called to the answering services and nobody answered, and if it's not because I called you directly, nobody gonna know that we have this flood. Then I get a lot of feedback that for me has a lot of value. Mm. Then that's the reason that I I do it. Uh, People enjoy when call me at whatever and I'm the one who answered the phone. Give, give Give us a lot of respect for our customer. And it's not a big sacrifice for me if I tell you. Don't get me wrong, sometimes I wake up and I say, oh my God. It's hard sometimes you, when you wake up twice at night and you have to try to, to come back to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard. But you know what, I, I, I'll do it and possible I'm gonna continue doing it until I retire that is gonna be at 82 or 85. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do about the a-hole customers? 
<laughs> because so kind of going back to what I was saying, the customer I was talking about yeah. this weekend mm-hmm. was a complete jerk, mm-hmm. and you know I'm you know I, I very much like I said I'm like man like people it's almost like sometimes and I don't know if it's a 2020 thing, but I, I don't think it is. I think it's just like. It's just it's just business. There's just people that are like that, right? They just they they almost they just assume the worst. They just come out the gate assuming the worst. Like this company's not going to take care of this. They're not going to handle they're not going to handle this like like what they always assume the worst. And maybe and maybe that's just the world that we've created because there's just so much mediocre at best customer service in the world, right? Yep. And so when you have a company who, you know, lays down this importance this this uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This priority of customer service, right? Like it's it's like, oh, wow. Like I totally wasn't expecting that answer. You know what I mean? So so what do you do? I mean, because I'm just telling you right now, and, and maybe that's not the case with the people calling in the middle of the night, but if anybody called me in the middle of the night and they were, <laughs> and they were a, a jerk customer, yes. oh, dude. I, I I really don't know what I would do. <laughs> I really like, I would be biting my tongue hard. I mean, has that has that happened? And what do you do in those situations? This 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 happened regularly. But I tell you, I did something really good a um, long time ago. Impossible. I invite you to this the last time. Uh, I'm, uh, I get certified in personalities. I'm, I'm certified in disc personalities. I know how to read people really well. Mm. Uh, by the way, I know exactly what my wife wants, what my wife doesn't want, what my kids want, what my wife does. I can tell my kids certain things that I want to tell them. I have to tell them in different ways to one and the other because I know how to read them really well. Then when I have a customer, if he has to start to scream and start to be desperate and I start to scream too, we don't going to go anywhere. And I let them to scream until he finished the thing, and then we can start to have a conversation. In your case, it's a little bit harder because I'm going to tell you, if you are arguing with a customer that bought something from you that is $3,000, and he's saying that whatever I bought is not what I expect, and I want my money back, and then you say, I'm sorry, I sold this to you, and you have to pay for that, and blah, 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 blah. I don't have this, because if I have a customer that paid two or $300, even $400, and he's complaining for a lot of things, I send somebody to fix the problem. If I cannot fix the problem, I give you 100% of your money back. Then, when you pay somebody 100% of your money back, back the complaint stops immediately. Because most of the time, you don't give them more tools to fight. Why are you going to argue? You know, you see it in, in the Gainesville word of mouth. Oh, look what these guys did and whatever, and this what happened, and you know. And at the end, when you mention, and I return 100% of the money to the customer, and I really, I really feel sorry for the inconvenience, the conversation is over. Then, for me, it's easy. I understand you move in a different segment 
of customers, you are talking about 3,000 or 4,000, 5,000. It's, it's really complicated to say to somebody, hey, you know what, they're gonna give you four or $5,000 back. But for me, it's this. Another thing is that you know how to read them. If they start to talk too much and to, you know, you just let them talk. They don't, they don't if you start to argue with them, it's gonna be a fight. You know, I married with my wife 25 years ago. We, 26 years ago now, and it's funny because she, she used to have a really big character. She was, you know, she loved to argue. You know, uh, she was really a spoil. And then we get married and she started to, ah, and I don't fight. Then I tell her one day for a fight, you need two. <laughs> you never see Muhammad Ali by himself hitting each other, you know. You need somebody in front. <laughs> I don't argue. Then don't fight with me because it's gonna be a waste. Then what happened? Then you talk with the people, you just go to the place that you wanna put it, and after that you give them a good, I'm sorry, I recommend you to do something else, receive my money back, even if we do something that was expensive and you know, at the end. You know, I have people who go to my office to work that they work in different services companies, and he come, they come to me and say, why the people don't come to complain? I used to talk in this company and every day, every day the owner was cursing and was screaming, why you did this and why you did that? And we don't have this. Thank God, you know, in our business, this doesn't happen. I don't curse. If I hear somebody saying bad words immediately, I take it out of my meetings and they know that the next time I'm gonna take it out of my business. I learned from the owner of Chick-fil-A right here in Gainesville, he say something so funny in a conference, possible you were there. He say, I have the ability to convert my employee in customer in less than a minute. Hmm. He just say, hey, you work for Chick-fil-A, now what do you want, some chicken nuggets? Because you don't work for me anymore. Beautiful. This is what I say to all the people that work for me. Uh, it's easier for me than, than just move this because if you don't have these standards, you cannot be here. This is how I see it. It's good. So have you ever had to fire a customer? Like somebody that you're just like, hey, we're not a fit for and I can't make this person happy so like we're just not gonna give give you our service anymore? Yes, but I fire her in a really good way. I tell you because at the end of the year, one day I say, what's gonna happen the next year? I'm gonna start the next year from zero, especially because sometimes my, my, my technicians don't tell me, but you feel it. We don't gonna go there. Mm. Uh, the, the manager always is mean. They never have the keys ready. You go to see your books. They pay you every six months. Then, you know, I, I go there, very friendly. I don't bring you the box with a lot of cookies for you, but. <laughs> Thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> I go and I talk with them and I tell them, look, this relationship is not working really good. It's not good for me, it's not good for you. You're always upset because we don't do what you expect. Then I recommend you to call somebody. I don't have anybody to recommend because we are good then I don't know who, who I can recommend, I don't know. But this is the end of this. Yeah, but I still owe you money and whatever. Don't pay me. We're gonna be okay and you're gonna be okay. This is the best way, you know, and, and believe me, I see these people years later working for a different company and they call me and they say, oh, the thing is that the owner was really mean, but I'm good then can you come to help me? You see, this is, because you know, this city is so small. Then, you know, you have, I don't have, people don't believe me this, but I'm gonna tell you something. 
especially the people who live, who work in my industry that live out of town. I don't have one contract with anybody. My business with 100% of the apartment communities or the management companies or the realtors that give us work all the time is a shake hands. I don't haven't signed a contract with anybody. Does mean that I never gonna say, hey, you know, you sign a contract and you have to give me work. Mm-mm. If you don't wanna give me work because you don't feel that we are doing the right thing, don't give me work. I'm failing. I'm gonna try to improve, but we don't. We don't. We don't do this. You know, even the bigger company in town, they make everybody sign a contract for turn. You know who doesn't sign this contract? This guy. I don't. I have a special prices, I have a special conditions. You wanna work with us? That's great. But if you don't wanna work with me and gonna make me sign, I won't sign. I don't wanna be part of this. And then uh, they agree 100% all the time. They understand my reasons. I don't. And uh, you know, it's, it's risky, possibly it's risky, but I love this risk. I love it. Yeah. Uh, we gotta wrap it up in a second, but before we do, our, you know, you've been here as long as we have. I mean, st- very similar trajectory. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, it started in two thousand four. Um, so I, I love, you know, I love two thousand six. I just start. Two thousand six is when you started. Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I started New Scooters for Less with a business partner in two thousand four. Mm-hmm. We split, and I started over in two thousand six. No. <laughs> so very similar. Uh, in terms of like how long I've been doing it, you know, as as a you know 100% business owner, I guess if you will, mm-hmm. um, and then building a team, a very amazing team around me in order to like accomplish the things that we've accomplished, right? But one of the things that I love to do on this show and just in general is like reflect on Gainesville and the changes since then. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's been like the the th- you know, the biggest change that you can, uh, that has really impacted you since 2004? Or is there okay. anything that stands out or is there anything that you wish would still I'm gonna, come I'm gonna say something that possible some people don't gonna like. But, <laughs> but one of the things that impact me a lot is the difference between the people who has and the people who doesn't have. I just start to to be part in a, uh, in a lot of non-profit organizations. And I start to realize that sometimes you see a lot of, a lot of money in different places, in different companies, in different sectors and industries. But we have a lot of people in this town that they don't have nothing. Mm. Then I used to work. You know, uh, I really believe, I learned this from Sig Ziglar. Sig Ziglar used to say that you have to be first, then you have to do second, then you're gonna have third, and then you go to the fourth process that is when I feel that I am is the significance. And then you go to the fifth process that is the last one that is like my father, legacy. Then when you are in the fourth one that you're not thinking about I wanna, half more and half more because you're not interested. I personally, if you know me really well and my employees know me really well, the money is not what lead me. I don't. This is, I wanna have a nice life. I wanna have the money to pay for my expenses and and take care of my family and take care of my family here, take, my, take care of my family in Colombia. This is what I do. 
But at the end, I want to be sure that I can help others and then I can just be part of other people and other groups. Then I'm happy that I bring my guys for, for a lot of time just to share this because they didn't have it either. You have time to give you an example? Yeah. I have a guy that five years ago, I talk about this. I talk about gratitude all the time. I talk about, come on, and we help others. I, I talk about, and this is not, I, I want to say that I don't want to look like, oh, this guy is so friendly. And No, 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 no. It's the, it's the idea that if we have the chance to do it for others, why we don't? Then um, I talk about this, and, and, and I hear from him five years ago, four years ago, he told me, I don't do these kind of donations and I don't help because I pay taxes and this is enough. Then with my taxes, there's people supposed to get help, but this is enough. I say, okay, that's great. Then I have a really good friend, I cannot name it, but he, he lead a, a very nice place. The name is Grace Marketplace that I love it. I, I, I'm really involved with them. Then. One day we have to go to do breakfast. And I say, who is volunteer to go to do breakfast with me? We're going to go to do breakfast for the people, the homeless in Grace Place. And he say, I can go. And I was like, uh-huh, you, your taxes. <laughs> Remember, your taxes. He say, I want to go and I want to take my wife with me. And I say, that's great. We'll see them there, 7.30. He didn't know what to do. I tell him, we're going to cook the breakfast here. We went to the kitchen. I saw him. He started to, to do some, some uh, cookies, and no, no better than the cookies that I received today. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. But, but he started to, he start to, to cook, and, and, and then he went to, the, to a big thing, and he started to cook eggs. And, and I see him in his eyes, like, oh, my God, this is cool. Then the moment of truth came when... They opened the cafeteria that is Cafe 133. And they opened the cafeteria, and we are here waiting for everybody to come to get the food. I was behind because I want to see everything. And then he started to bring the food, and I see in his eyes that he realized what is the feeling of gift. Then a kid show up with his parents possible like five years old kid and he has two <laughs> and he saw the kid like no toys no nothing and he told me George can you take care of my place because I have to go to my car and he went to his car and he bring a couple of toys and he bring it to the kids and you know what this guy did when we left he stayed cleaning the whole place mm then if I can impact one person to tell them how grateful you have to be and how nice is the feeling to help, for me, it's enough. But you know what? I didn't do it with one. I did it with all my group. Then we go to San Francis and we bring food. And we go to, you know, Grace Place. We get good. My wife uh, used to cook in the chef thing for family, for uh, uh, Peaceful Pots. By the way, my wife is sitting in the board of Peaceful Pots. Uh, excuse me, of, oh, yes, in Peaceful Pots. I'm in the, in the group of Family Promise. I'm in the board of them. They invite mm -hmm. me. I'm so excited about it. And, and every time that you are part of something, 
then you feel it, man. And, and I tell to the people, you don't feel it? Oh, no, I don't feel it. I don't want to give money, you know? They, they have a lot of money. Man, the day that you start to give, then the process of the significance has a lot of value. And when you feel it, it's all good. I feel it every day. Yeah. And that's the reason, this is my energy, man. Yeah, this we've, is. We've done a lot of that stuff with our team, too, going in and serving. And uh, St. Francis House is one that I remember specifically. Your grace, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, just, uh, it, it's definitely very impactful, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it should be one of the leading reasons why we're even in business, right? Yes. It's giving, so. Jorge, man, this has been awesome. Um, I'm gonna ask Mike if he has any last questions before we wrap it up. I'll ask you one. What would you be doing if you weren't doing this? Oh, that's a great question. Well, tell me, I, I'm gonna tell you that um, I love the banking because I worked for nine years there. I love to be part of the big group. I love to be surrounded by smart people. We used to have, Collier was kind of the leader of the band. <clears throat> I didn't know right, I thought you people. said you like to be around smart people. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'm gonna tell you this, that be surrounded by smart people with a lot of good energy. And, and I used to have this, I used to feel, I used to be in big tables with a lot of people that they were working for years. By the way, our president right now, his dad was in the board that I used to be Mm. when I work in the bank. Then this is what the relationship that I have. And then I miss this part. I miss to have, remember in our meetings how many times we talk about it, that when you work for somebody, you always have somebody over you that if you get like, I don't know what to do, you go there. When you are a business owner, you go to the bathroom and you cry like this guy. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. I see like, your, boy, I, like this guy. I went this to one right here. I, I, I went to your bathroom and I see what is the place that Colin cried. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be sure that. I want to see, see if I put like a pillow uh, or I'm something. Pretty, you know, I'm pretty sure I've been time. in every corner. Yeah. But yeah. we talk about the idea to be part of something like this when a lot of people decide about, you know, important things. This is what I just dream with. Now, when we have our group, let me tell you, and I, I don't want to name people, but we have people in our group that they were ready to finish their partnership with others because they say, I cannot work with this, pe- this person anymore. Mm. I cannot. And we were working with them telling the, yes, you can do it. This is going to be incredible. You have to be patient. You have to be smart. You have to find a way. This is your perfect complement. We talk a lot, a lot of things. Today, you see these companies being one of the more successful company in town. Mm. And these people are like this. Then I love this. I remember to see, to be, and I don't gonna say a mentor, but uh, our experience and all the years that we have working, for me also to work in a different country that is completely different, give us the background and all the knowledge to help other people. Because we we went to the whole process, you know. Uh, when I teach somebody to clean carpets, it's not because I see it in YouTube. It's because I clean more than 50,000 bedrooms in Gainesville in the last you know, 15 years. Then I know how to do it. How many floats I did? Thousands. Then I can teach people. It's not that I bought a company and now you know, I have a water damage. Good luck. Mm-hmm. I have this. Good luck. 
No, no, no. The, then we went to the whole process. Then it's easier for you, like, has this time to spread yourself and do other things because you have a, a really well group trained outside of this room. I remember how happy you went when you hire an assistant. I always, I, I still remember. You think I, I have good memory? He was like, "Man, you, you told me about it, and this is so cool." I say, "It is cool. It is cool because you have too many things. You get to the point that you cannot handle everything. Yeah. And then things that you forget cost you money and create problems. Then somebody who can tell you, "Hey, don't forget to do this," you are like, oh, "Thanks. That's great. This is how I see it. You know." And I think that really like lays the importance of those mastermind groups. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I constantly encourage people to surround themselves with other business owners uh, and talk about the troubles in business and what we're going through. I mean, we need it more than ever right now. I mean, this has been a hard year for everybody, right? So it's a, a great thing. Definitely get into like a mastermind group if you're not just, or just like, man, just hit up five, six of your business owner friends and say, hey, can we meet once a, once a month? Yes. And just mm-hmm. talk. I mean, it really, really, really helps. So. So I'm a, yeah, I'm gonna leave off on that, man. Why don't you tell our audience where they can connect with you, where they can call you guys for help and website, all that good stuff. Well, um, you know, we are located exactly behind Home Depot. We do a lot of advertising for Home Depot because it's really close to our office. Uh, right there in Tower Road, we have all the businesses together. Uh, we, uh, we are doing really good with the area rock masters. Then people, when you need, or you have expensive area rocks and you don't have a good place that they gonna do a really good cleaning in a really nice process. We invite our customers to go inside of our plant just to see all the technology that we have there. And we call them the spa for the rocks. Then <laughs> I tell them, you, if you went to the spa, to the club or to the resort, I want to show you where your carpet is going to be for the next two weeks. And it's, it's, it's wonderful. Also, the turnover company, you know, I never expect that I'm going to do cleaning and painting and maintenance. I never think about it. I, I refuse to put a broom or a vacuum close to my dehumidifiers. I say, no, I'm a professional dryer guy, and I went to all the classes in the industry to be really good. But one day somebody told me it's a great opportunity. Right now this company has like 25 employees, and uh, we, did, we did really good. You know, we went to the standard. You see the standard right here. We visit the standard when they were ready to open. And I was working with the, I'm part of the, I'm in the board of the National Apartment, National, North Central Florida Apartment Association. We were walking inside and I was like, who gonna be the crazy guy who wanna work here? Everybody was laughing. <laughs> who, we are doing the turn in the standard. <laughs> then uh, kind of crazy, you know, then every place that I see, I see the challenge and I love, I love daily challenge. I love the, the people say, I don't think that you can do it. Oh my God. Don't ask for my Colombian uh, passion because I'm going to put it there immediately. Believe me. It's yeah, like, work I really dare good. you to tell me I can't do something. Oh, right? yes, yes, <laughs> it is hard. But, you know, then, then uh, our, our website is uh, uh, thebestrestoration.com, and also we have one for GTS that is Gainesville Turnover Specialist, uh, and uh, whatever we can help you. And also I, I try to help people that, especially young people, that they don't have any any uh, clear idea of what they do when they want to start a business. 
uh, I go to the university to the entrepreneurs program to teach them uh, and, and to talk with them. And most of the time I tell them, please, please don't tell this to your teacher, but I never in my 15 years of business I did a business plan. <laughs> I told them, never I did a business plan. I'm, I'm planning to do it, <laughs> but I, I never. Every time that I need money, I went to the customers and I, I, I went to the bank and I tell them, this is what it is, this is my project, you can help me, no, you cannot help me, no, until I knock the door of somebody who said yes, boom, everything changed. Your business plan was persistency and consistency. And consistency. <laughs> right. Just keep going, right? Keep going. Uh, that's awesome, man. Well, and also like on that note, I mean, you're saying these things. I'm thinking, oh yeah, Gainesville, Gainesville turnover specialist. This is the one, the one man shop. You don't have to call the wall repair guy at all because I've said that spot several times. <laughs> so thank you for yes. being one of our sponsors yes. too during our coronavirus sessions. Really appreciate that, man. You're welcome. Um, you know, sponsors like Jorge absolutely make the show happen. So we really, really appreciate that. And if you want to connect with our sponsors, um, please like go to our website. If you just go to whoagnv.com forward slash sponsors we have all of the sponsors there links to their website so that way you can connect with the people that support our show and uh, we really want to make sure that you that you do that and um that's it guys that's great thank you again <laughs> for the invitation was uh, was was i'm sorry that the energy was directly no, good, to man. things good. more deeper Dude, deep, deep, deep is good sometimes deeper. deep is good it's okay that's great <laughs> This is the WHOA GNV Podcast. The podcast bring you businesses and individuals that make you go, wow. We will see you later. Bye.